Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to another edition, another pod of three in, three out, your unique Seahawks recap podcast. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. I'm joined today with the rabid Seahawks fan, Brandon Schultz from Seahawkers podcast. Brandon, tough loss versus the Ravens, but you know, beyond that, how you doing, man? I'm coming. I'm coming along all right. You know, we we spent a lot of time last episode talking about how we're five and one. Hey, the Seahawks are still five and two. It doesn't help that every single other team in the NFC West got a win, so that yeah. has me down a little bit. They all gain ground on the Seahawks, and we get to watch even the the 49ers playing in the rain. You hope the skids could at least get a, maybe a score to it keep it close at the end but they can't even manage to get on the board against that 49ers defense in their own house that was a little bit of a bummer so yeah it can go up from here we got the falcons next week we can go up from here and and totally right like i mean come on skins you can't put three on the board or six and i i know it was sloppy out there they they missed a field goal that they had it wasn't even that far wasn't great, and then you know, the the Cardinals are playing better. Totally, you know, you're, you're there, They're, and then the Falcons. Oh, what a what a dumpster fire they are, right? So, you know, here's the thing too: like week after week, we see teams before we play them. We get like a little preview, and then and then we go play them close. So, like, we'll we'll get to all the Raven stuff and the ins and the outs and the nooks and the crannies of three in three out. But like, let's let's just hope we go into freaking Atlanta and just just do what we should do to them, which is just just smoke them and and you know get get to six and two and be like. Hey, that's a hell of a half a year, but all right, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, Brandon, you know, you know, we're we're a little bit, you know, I can feel the tension here because after a loss and losing sucks, and we want to win, but we do have one rule, and that's when we win, we start with an in, and you know, they, they, we lost it, so we got to start with an out. Yeah, the, the flock has given us lots of uh, lots of recommendations, such as you know, when we pout, we start with an out. We drink a stout, we start with an out, and, and all these other ones. Bottom line is, we sucked, so. Here we go at three and three out. We got to start with an out. All right, Brandon. So I'm going to go right to the top of this. And uh, this this one, this was the first out in the ledger. I don't typically like chronologically follow these things. But I was like, you know what? This play right off the bat stood out to me. I'm circling it, shaking my head going, I just don't want this to be the, this kind of day. And this is, it's it's the the Baltimore Boykin, the uh, the guy who ran the Preakness. Uh, M- Miles, Miles Boykin, I believe it is. So it is singular. It is singular. Uh, now, we, singular. we seem to have trouble with these opponents knowing whether or not they're singular or plural, especially when it comes to pass catchers. I really appreciate you using we when it's clearly a me problem, but I, but I appreciate that you got your stuff together and, and I, you know, and sometimes I can't, I, I just don't know if a dude's plural or not. And that that's on me, Ricky seals Jones. I'm looking at you for that one last week, but anyway, Boykin, I mean, listen, Shaq runs with him. He's got him. He it's his own coverage. He passes him off. And what's T2 doing? What? Like the moment that Shaq passes him off, you go watch that. You're you're like you're reading T2's numbers. Like he's he's already beaten. Yeah, it is just it's a 50 yard gain. It's early in the game. Lamar Jackson. They keeps oh what a dynamic offense. Listen, the guy ripped us apart with his feet. What a dynamic offense. It's not a dynamic offense. It's a, he's a dynamic player. And the end there is when our safety is so friggin' out of position. So early on when it's a zone coverage, he's just, just got to play deep. He lets the guy get behind him. And this is Miles Boykin. This guy is not some freaking stud. 50-yarder, T2 gets burnt. 
very, very early. They score on that drive, and I'm shaking my head. The out right away. You can tell the, the anger's coming out. I'm turning green over here. My shorts are purple. It goes to Tedrick, and, and I'm, I'm just not feeling Tedrick right now. Obviously upset. Brandon, I don't know how you want to take this anger, but I'm going to I'm going to pass it over to you and, and I hope you can bring some positivity to it. No, I, I think I'm going to fuel your anger even more because I'm looking at the pro football focus grades and they gave that reception as a, they gave all that yardage to Shaquille Griffin. So they're oh, saying he on. gave up two targets, two receptions for 60 yards and, and for that 50 yarder, they counted that on Griffin. Yeah. Okay. So Griffin does exactly what he was supposed to do in zone, passes the guy off once he gets beyond certain yardage and Tedrick's nowhere to be found. And that's on Griffin. Okay. So yeah, it, you, you did exactly what you said you were going to do. So Tedrick grades out higher than Shaquille Griffin in this game because they don't give that, that negative play to, to Thompson. And this is why stat nerds suck. There I go. I, I knew I could fuel it a little bit. Just the anger a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. We were talking We were talking Last Jedi before, before we got on here. <laughs> and I don't like Last Jedi. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So there's a lot. There's a lot. And my phone just broke. And our pets' heads are falling <laughs> off. So there's, there's a lot going on right now. But anyway. But, uh, but I do agree. But anything else? Anything else on that particular play? Or Tedrick that you saw that you want to you know, you know, go to? Please, by all means. I mean, other than the contrast of seeing Earl Thomas on the other side of the field and and we have Tedrick Thompson at least you know and and we might get to this but Marquise Blair getting the the start with Bradley McDougal being out in this game with Lano Hill being out in this game it was good to see a little bit of Marquise Blair uh, 100% agree with you on that one. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, we had those, those two weeks in a row of some great T2 interceptions on deflections, very athletic plays. And it goes right back to just, just some dumpster fire play by our safety early in the game. And when you juxtapose that versus Earl, it makes you sick puke blah. All right, so enough of the sick puke in the blah. Listen, this is the sober yin, the raging yang of three in, three out. We look at the nooks. We look at the crannies. We we dissect plays and players and moments in the game that mattered. Brandon, you just mentioned Marquise Blair, and, and I had this guy starred early in the game. I started him a couple other times late in the game as I'm compiling my ledger that I pen and paper this thing. Listen, the in for me is Blair. I, I look at that dude, and what I see is speed. I see speed, I see aggressiveness, and I see a, I see DBs who are just just more flying to the ball. I'm aware that he's probably going to get some missed tackles, just like Earl did in you know season one, season two of Earl. That'd be a pretty good deal. There was a show named Earl there. That's why. That's why it sounds good. That was a pretty good show. If I got my Jason Lee, you know, affair there, the guy's pretty funny. But I, I just like what I saw from Blair Brandon. I thought, I thought we just had a new element out there. And, and for me, I was like, you know what? Kind of like Jamarco Jones. I'm like, I don't think this dude's leaving the field. I think Blair's going to see much more time. I heard a bit about it from Pete in the presser, and just immediately, I'm like, this dude can play. And I liked what I saw from Blair, so I circled it. I started. The circle took the square. I took Jim J. Bullock for the block, and I gave the in to Blair. So what? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, so you must have been impressed as well. But what did you like? To, what did you like from Blair? Well, he had one of the Seahawks' five pass breakups on the game. They threw his direction three times, and I don't know if it was you know, Mark Andrews in the rain or if he felt the footsteps of Blair coming. But no catches go in the direction of the young rookie playing his first game in Week Seven of the 2019 season. Yeah, I, I was happy. He was one of four guys on the defensive side that had all 100 snaps. It was him, KJ, 
Tedrick and Blair. So I, wow. I like that those four guys were, were able to get it done out there. Uh, yeah, even Griffin, I think he must have come off for a play or two in this game because he, he didn't register all 100 snaps. So good to see him out there the entire game. No big mistakes his direction. You saw him make a, you know at, at least a play with that pass breakup. And overall on the day, he had three tackles. And so, yeah, the, the good good overall effort by Marquise Blair's first time out. Yeah, and, and I did not know that, you know, hey, being out there the entire time, didn't didn't realize that, but that also means... Yeah, they were a know, little bit uh, strained at the position with McDougal and Lane O'Hill oh, both out. For sure, but like, but, you know, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it was the missing of McDougal. We covered it earlier. It was just T2 being out of position again, you know, yeah. and, and for, for Blair's part, he filled in, filled in admirably and played damn good. So looking forward to seeing a lot more Blair there. Um, and, you know, I just, it, it just, I, I, I liked him when we drafted him. I, I know we're going to have some growing pains with the dude, but we've shown it before. We've been, been willing to put DBs and say, you know, safeties and, and, and corners out there early, let them, you know, let them learn early in the season. And then by midseason, by, you know, by the, the cold games in November, December, those dudes come to form. And if they're not quite there year one, they, they get there year two, year three, and they become they become quite good. So super excited about what we saw from Blair. Looking forward to more Blair. And I just thought we look faster. I, I On defense, I want to look faster. And I thought that dude filled that, that void. So, hey, the end, going to you, Blair. All right, Brandon. So at the end of the day, though, what was the final score? Thirty to sixteen. Is that is that accurate? That was it. Yeah, two yeah, touchdown yeah. difference, two game-changing turnovers on the offense for touchdowns. For sure, for sure. And and you know, I, I know people are going to talk a lot about that Russ interception to Peters, and that that was tragic. And and you know, we we've seen that a couple times. Hey, Russ ain't perfect. I'm not going to go there. Didn't have his best game, and and he ha- he has some struggles in the rain. We I think we kind of know these things already, but. We'll talk about a little bit, a little bit of that later, but not so much around Russ. But but another out for me, and this is not so much a specific play or just just railing on, you know, railing on a dude. But for me, it felt so much different that you know it's almost like this reality check with the out that Luke Wilson is not Will Disley, mm. and for the most part, it was it's just the run blocking. It's just and we and we ran block in. Like interior wise, I thought pretty darn well. I thought Britt was getting to, to, you know, doing some good things. I thought Jones, I thought Upati, thought they were doing some nice things right in that interior where first half, man, Chris Carson was doing just fine. But there was a play, there was a play. I'll, I'll contradict myself and say there was a play, second quarter, about 220 left. Lockett comes in motion, cross the screen, comes towards us, goes back. You know, he comes in motion past Wilson. Then he goes back towards away from the screen. It's a jet sweep. Again, about 220 to go in the second quarter. And Wilson just gets so blown off the ball. Like his dude, I'm not sure who it is. It's a D end or a linebacker at that time. He just rides Wilson, I don't know, two, three, four yards downfield as as a Lockett's trying to make that turn upfield and just gives Lockett no room whatsoever. Wilson is like fundamentally in the right place. He's there. He, he's got, you know, <laughs> he's in he, the way kind yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, which, you know, as a grown, grown man, not like Wilson's a small dude, that should be enough. Cause, cause Lockett's super fast, but no, 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 no. He gets blown back and just collapsed. He just basically collapses the entire sideline where, where Lockett has no room to go upfield. And, I'm not giving the out for that play, but that play was like the the emblematic piece that was like, oh man, like 
Luke Wilson can't block the way Disley does. And if this is what this offense kind of looks like, because we don't have a run blocking tight end, we got to figure some things out. So for me, Brandon, that was the out. Uh, you know, I, I hate to hang it on Luke. It's not like he did anything too bad or too terrible, but he's not Disley. And I got a big fear that's going to hurt us as this year wears on. Well, you think of just their overall ability to run the ball in this game. And that was one of the things I talked with Rob Staten after the game in the recap is that I don't know if whether it's having Fant now at left tackle and not at tight end, it just doesn't seem like this team has the confidence to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run the ball. We're going to impose our will on you. And I know there's a lot of people talking about not going for it on fourth and three and kicking the field goal. And I think that fits into this as well. It's just this team, Pete Carroll doesn't have the confidence in this team to, to go for it and, and run the ball in short yardage situations. I'd love to go back now and look at where the Seahawks rank in third and two, third and one, fourth and one and two type situations and see what percentage of those that they're converting right now. Because I know statistically when they say, yeah, you should go for it 70% of the time that teams are able to convert on fourth and one. And, and so you're better off going for it in those situations than not. Well, if your team, if you go back and look at it statistically and your team isn't good in those short yardage situations and Pete Carroll's kind of lean in that way that he's, he doesn't have the confidence in his team in those situations, then yeah, it's, it's probably better to go ahead and, and kick the field goal in those situations. Maybe we don't like it, but it might be what's best for the team right now. I mean, it's possible. I'm still going to go with the... I hate kicking field goals from the 30s. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't like, like it either because, you know, 50, 50 plus yards. Yeah. How many of those are you going to make? Not, you know, I mean, evidently not that many this year, which which is kind of a shame, right? As, as you see other others who have been in the, in the league for a century, like Matt Prater still banging those through and you're like, man, I wish we could do that. But yeah, but, you know, and, and, and I know that's going to be a, be a hot topic all week. So I'm not, not going to talk specifically about that decision. But again, I think going back to it being like, is this, you know, are we just afraid to just to, to impose our will now? I don't know. I'm not sure. But like, listen, I didn't think in the first half we were having all that many issues running the ball. Like it wasn't, it wasn't amazing, yeah. but it seemed like the type of game that if we kept grinding, we would have had the big breaks in the second half. We would have ran the ball better. I think we run the ball just fine the first half. I just think we just got away from things that we, that we do pretty darn well. And it didn't feel like a very good game plan, especially in that second half. Uh, but you know what? Let's see. Let's see how we evolve. You know, we're, we're five and two. Hollister got involved a little bit. Uh, Wilson got involved a little bit in the, in the past game. Let's see how we evolve. Let's just let's just bury this one for now. Go watch the tape, figure it out, and get down to Atlanta and get a friggin' win. But that stood out to me. Let's hope they figure this out a little bit, a little bit better, and, you know, and, and improve. But you know what? We're one game removed from losing a dude who was playing all pro level at tight end. So let's give him a little break, I suppose, and let's see how we track from here. See how we adjust. All right, Brandon, back to the inside of the ledger. I have a question for you. Are you a fan or have you ever heard the song, The Bertha Butt Boogie? <laughs> no. All right. Well, you know, any, any of the listeners out there, you know, enjoy. You can pause this. It's cool. You can come right back. But there is a, a I forget, it's a Jimmy something. The Jimmy something, Jimmy Caster, perhaps, is coming to my, my brain. So how many butt songs do we have? We have Fat Bottom Girl by Queen. We have Sir Mix-A-Lot, Baby Got Back. Sure. Um, how, about, how, about mud, how about Mud Flaps? 
from, I mean, yes, albeit a fake band, but from Spinal Tap, right? So that's, uh, oh, Big Bottoms, Big Bottom, you know, <laughs> talk about mud flaps, my girl's got them. That's about the bottom, too, you know? <laughs> There's probably more. I, I feel like this, this list needs to be longer. I feel we could put that out there. And and then the Birth of Butt Boogie is this amazing song. I think I think it's the Jimmy Caster group or Jimmy Caster something. Yeah, this this, this time of year everybody's ranking, you know, your favorite Halloween candy and that sort of thing. Rank your favorite <laughs> butt songs. Yeah, I mean, this is what we do here, right? We we bring a different flavor to it. And uh, and so if you don't know the birth of butt boogie, then go get yourself into the birth of butt boogie. But there's a I'm reason it to my playlist right now. Yeah, friends, yeah, it should just be the playlist. Just put it on repeats, you know, but there's a reason here. And, and this is a fun in and I just and it's just but it's also like I just thought it was crafty and deserved to be called out. Remember that Brit play where he almost butt fumbles the ball to Russ, but then he, he has goes his like, one hand between his legs as he's trying to hand off the football for a good I don't know, second and a half. This is, I mean, you know, I, I know it's kind of, you know, in jest and we're talking about the birth of Bud Boogie, but it's the third quarter. The game's 13 to 13 at this point. We got the ball, which, you know, by the way, you know, 10 to go in the third quarter. This is our game to friggin' win. And, and there was that mishandling there. And as he's shifting right, like a, like an ad at Walker, just kind of like just you know, you know, just making his way down there mechanically, he has the wherewithal to realize he's still got the ball between his legs, and he still does like this little flip. He just flips the ball like like as if it's a pancake, and just gives it another little toss and gets it to Russ. That I mean, listen, we ended up it was 13-13, so we all know what happened after that play. They scored 17 freaking points on us from then on. But I do want to give some credit and call that a little play, like a little, a little something that I thought was like really, really just well done and 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 quite athletic given the position. But that play to me stood out. I was like, you know what? It'd be fun to talk about. And, and I just want to say that the the non butt fumble prevented by Britt, it caught my eye, and I th- I think the guy deserves a little credit. So that to me was. The second in for me. Got your eye on the butt. And, uh, you know, we left off two of them. We left off Sublime's The Ballad of Johnny Butt and uh, and Major Lazar uh, with Bruno Mars doing Bubble Butt. Very, very, very oh. good. And when you talk about Lazar, too, I just want to just want to point out that uh, on Twitter, I did send a nice tweet to to Kyle Brandt on I think it was Sunday morning. Talk about Adam Lazard from the Green Bay Packers stepping up. And I basically said, hey, you should call this dude Commandant Lazard from Police Academy. Yeah. And, and he and he, you know, retweeted me and said that he loved it. So that was that was kind of nice. So you're bringing up Lazard. So might as well talk about, uh, you know, Commandant and how good the Police Academy series truly was. This is what happens when we lose people. We talk about butts and why Police Academy was actually a good series. I'm not sure what's happening here, but hey, I don't want to talk about a loss. So I'll just talk about pop culture. I guess that'll work. <laughs> it'll work. And, you know, after a loss, I mean, who's really listening? <laughs> it's like major league you know when, <laughs> when bob Uecker's cursing into the microphone ah nobody's listening yeah, anyway yeah, that's it. yeah it's, it's it's a it's bob Uecker all over but they, the downloads go way way down but hopefully this is this is why people will tune in because it'll bring some uh maybe just some laughter and you know some lightness to uh, to uh, to the fact that we fell to five and two so anyway Britt. He gets the second in. Let's mosey on back over to the outs, which are a bit more serious this week, unfortunately. We'll, we'll give people 30 seconds to rank their butt songs as they listen to this next ad break. Go. Go. 
All right, we are back, and I hope you have, you know, at this point, we gave you 30 solid seconds, so you should have six, seven, eight, nine, twelve different butt songs now ranked. We should have written some butt songs for crying out, crying out softly here, but... We're back on three in, three out. Once again, if you don't know me, I'm Clinton Bonner. You can find me on Twitter at Clinton Bond. And of course, the Field Goals Pod. Uh, we're talking to Brandon Schultz at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, we got to get back to the outs here. And I got one more, one more from me to you, Brandon. I'll lay it out there quickly and say how you let me know how you feel about this. All right. I'm going to summarize this quickly. This offense to me felt like. A bevel offense at its worst. Mm. That's it. What do you say? The difference of the bevel offense, didn't it seem like the bevel offense? It was like the reverse bevel offense where you have the bad offense for a whole half and the good offense for one, and they just flipped it. It was like they they decided at the halftime adjustment that they were going to go to the bevel offense and just do nothing. So... It was like Baltimore said, okay, we know that you want to run the ball. We're, that's what we're going to load up the box on. And we're going we're gonna to make you beat us through the air and play you man-to-man. And, and they just couldn't make it happen in the second half. It just, it's frustrating, man. Especially, I don't know if it was the rain, if it was you know, the receivers just not linking up with Wilson. I feel like if these guys with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett, when you're going man-to-man on these guys, that these are the guys with the speed be able to burn them downfield, be able to beat them deep like Tyler Lockett with that 33-yard catch over the middle. Uh, just, I think it was right after the play with the the three-yard loss early on with Wilson. I wanted to see dudes getting beat, and it just it wasn't happening. So I love the idea of it being like the reverse bevel, which is still like, the bevel because it's you know this is the half is the half and then it's just a different side of it but uh, i do agree but but a place where i do want to uh, counter that a little bit or challenge a little bit is like the reason i felt like it was the bevel was because to me everything was downfield stretch play low probability mm. like what in the world like again is it just because we lost our tight end we lost disley wait hollister can't go over the middle Ron Brown can't work the middle. DK Metcalf, who did it last game, can't run slants. Tyler Lockett, who's obviously a very capable slot guy, if you want to do that, can't work the middle of the field. I just, to me, felt like everything was these deep shots, at least 15 yards, 20 yards, 25 yards downfield. It's raining. Russ's completion percentage was what it was. He clearly didn't have the accuracy he normally has in good weather, and that's just, that's going to happen sometimes. And yet, we had less checkdowns, and I don't mean I don't mean like little swing passes behind the line of scrimmage. I mean the little tight end dumps for six, seven yards, little things over the middle. Just it was just not there. Things that we saw for weeks now were like, wow, this offense is humming. I feel like we just we just throttle back in a bad way to just everything's got to be to the sidelines, low probability jump balls and stretch the field type bevel stuff. And I'm like, man, oh man, we are missing the point and we're missing the ability just to use the middle of the field. So that's, that's to me why I call that as like this bevel feel. And I just, and again, bevel is worse. Bevel had some great games. You know, we won a Super Bowl with bevel. We almost won a second Super Bowl. We were hyper successful with bevel, but when bevel had crap-tastic game plans, that second half felt like a crap-tastic bevel sandwich to me. And it's got to earn and own and, Feel the big out. Let's not do that again. I mean, I don't want to say that Earl Thomas might have something to do with that, but uh, Earl Thomas probably had something to do with that. <laughs> it's a fair, fair point, but but everything doesn't have to be, again, 15, 20 yards downfield, yeah. too. Like, I mean, yes, hey, hey, Earl came up and, and 
you know, met Chris Carson in the hole. That's what Earl does, right? That was that was that was a kind of a beautiful clash of Titans moment right there. And I, I hear you, Earl's fast, and then definitely give him some credit there. And they were talking throughout the broadcast that that the, the Ravens really do some interesting things. And you really can't see what's there, so maybe that's part of it too. You had that pod with the dude from the Ravens podcast. I think his name was Jake, and he did a good job talking about is it Marlon Humphrey again, Singler Humphrey, Humphrey, 40, yeah, yeah, forty-four, I think. And that dude's pretty fast too. So I get it. Pretty dynamic in the DBs back there. But to me, it still doesn't excuse always having to go deep. And then, oh, by the way, they tested Earl plenty. They went down the middle deep quite a bit, too, and Earl was there quite a bit. So, I don't know. The stretch plays, I know you got to take your chunk plays, and I get it. We're going to get those time to time. But if you're going to basically abandon the run game for I don't know what reason, then at least work the middle of the field short. Didn't see that. And, and I was like, oh, man, the ghost of Bevel is just just here with us today. And I knew I knew right then we were off the rails and, and the game was the game was going to go sideways. And it did. Yeah. Well, just to confirm what you thought you saw. Yeah. Three attempts over the short middle to receivers or tight ends. Chris Carson had two passes go his way kind of over the middle. Those are just, you know, those kind of dump off passes. So I, I don't necessarily count those. So Malik Turner, I guess he had the one catch that was kind of short to uh, middle-ish uh, and, where he got and, some yards after the catch yeah that was the that was the one good one right <laughs> what did he do with that right he, that was like a what a like 17 yard gain or something like that yeah right? i think it was 24 maybe down. yeah yeah it was it was a big gain so i i didn't know the stats i just saw it my eyes saw i wrote it down and you know it, it's it's quote you know quote unquote cool that the stats confirm that but you know then learn from that and use the freaking middle of the field so anyway that's the last out for me uh, let's end the one good part is that what we do well there's no good parts about this let's just get to the last in all right so going to the last in you know i'm looking down this i get you know we had the birth of butt boogie with the brit flip i was going to talk about Clowney. i thought Clowney was super impressive it stinks that in the second half you know lamar jackson's like i'm just not going to throw the ball on third down i'm just going to run it because i could beat you and he did so Clowney's deserving of it we talked about Blair earlier, so a lot of this for me was defense. I thought defense played really pretty dang good. You give up a pick six, and you have you know, and you have Metcalf just do what he did with the ball. Not going to talk about Metcalf. Let others talk about that. Hey, Rook, that's a crap game. Clean it up. Don't do that again. And guess what? That's going to happen to you in the rain sometimes, and you're a rookie. So bury that game, Metcalf. Move on. Uh, but but the last thing for me, Brandon, it's 13 to 13. Again, back to these kind of crucial moments in the third quarter where we're still in this game. Clowney on second down gets in the face and we get an incomplete pass from Lamar Jackson. It's third down. And man, Trey Flowers puts a stick on a dude. And it's the first time in probably two years where there was third and seven. He got about five yards. And as he tried to turn up field, Flowers just levels the guy. He goes nowhere. It's fourth down and they have to punt the ball. But I immediately wrote down, I was like, for the first time in two years, I was like, some dude put a lay on somebody like Cam Chancellor. I was like, that looked, smelled like, reminded me of Chancellor. So I start looking at like Blair flying around being faster. Flowers sticking on dudes and Flowers played a good game and so did Shaq. Those dudes played really well. But that was a big in for me because I'm like, man, if we're going to win, we need to be a little bit tougher. We need these young dudes to ball out, including more Blair, including Flowers the way he did. But if you're going to lay a hit on a dude and it's clean and it's physical and it feels and looks like Cam Chancellor, then you're going to get my in. So to me, that was the last in, Brandon. Other than turnovers. 
for this defense so far this season. What other get-off-the-couch moments have there been? And to me, that hit by Flowers on the tight end, just to stop him short of the of the first down marker, that was a get-off-the-couch moment. So I'm glad we're saving the final end for Trey Flowers. That play absolutely stood out to me. Jadevian Clowney, his play stood out to me. But he didn't have that moment, that, that get-up-off-the-couch moment like Flowers did on with that hit on the tight end. So uh, great pick for for the last end, Clinton. I appreciate that. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength here, you know. So, but it, it just it just felt good. It felt it was it was. I'm sitting. I'm I'm traveling right now. I'm down in Orlando, so I'm watching the game in a hotel room, and, and that's always kind of uncomfortable anyway because I'm not quite my element. But I was, and I'm in a chair, and I'm not even on my couch. But but I'm uh, but I uh, but I edged up, and I was like, that was a stick. That was how you lay a helmet on a dude. That's how you do it, and that's how we want our DBs to play. So. That into flowers. That's our last. That's our last. And, and he was good in coverage too. He gave up a nine-yard nice. catch and a five-yard catch. So fourteen yards on the day for flowers. Listen, man, uh, flowers was good. Blair was good. Shaquille was good. Tedrick wasn't. And that huge play early, we talked about it. That hurt us. The pick six, bad, hurt us. The fumble by Metcalf, you know, inexcusable, stinks, hurt us. Right. So it's just. I look at the ledger, I'm like, man, I actually have more ins, more positives from this game than I do outs. So it's just one of those things where Lamar Jackson is going to do these kind of things and frustrate the crap out of you. I don't think many teams are going to be able to contain him, especially like, hey, first half with Jackson was like, we put pressure on the dude. He threw the ball and he was like, you know, 50% completion. Second half on third down, put tons of pressure on him and he just goes all Michael Vick and and just <laughs> picks up yards and that's what you got to deal with with Jackson it's not I don't think you could scheme that way there were times where it's like Wagner's got where he's supposed to be or you know let's say uh, Reed's breaking through or Al Woods is forcing you know Jackson to the sideline and he still just is able to get out of it make a deke or two and just be faster just be a better athlete and go pick up six seven eight twelve twenty five yards and unfortunately it's like there's not a damn thing you can do about that right now until somebody figures it out so it's just it's what it's going to be until somebody figures out how to beat this dude. Lamar Jackson beat us. And you know what? You tip your hat, you lick your wounds, you go down to Atlanta, and you go whip up on a team that right now can't get their poop in a group. They, they need the Atlanta win to, to get right, don't they? And it, it comes at a good time. We saw what the Rams did to the Falcons. So what I want as a fan now is another win like they got over the Cardinals. You know, another nice three-score win. And yeah, it might be close at halftime or something, but pull it away in the second half and and show that you can be one of those teams that can that can really dominate a bad team. I, I hope. I hope we see that too. I mean, it has not been our MO this year whatsoever. We're playing, we're you know, it's not a great recipe, by the way. We're playing bad teams close and we're playing good teams uh, okay or or we're you know we're, we're, we're losing kind of getting yeah we're <laughs> losing not a great recipe for success but it's still kind of early it's just, you know if we're at six and two after next week hey then we're at six and two after eight games that's that's all that is and there's so much time to still get right and get ready for a playoff run so i'm excited about that but you know what brandon now we got to get to our favorite our favorite section there was a lot a lot a lot a lot of from the flock. So you want to bounce over there and uh, let's let's do some of the some of the efforts and some of the ins and outs that came from our favorite people, the flock. Let's do it. All right. 
All right. So we take the law. So we, we you know, we, we're, we are, we are men of honor. You know, this is what we are. So we're going to start with the outs from the flock as well. This one got some love on Twitter from Keith Ketover, you know, at Flocktimus Prime, of course. He goes out. A Seattle team that can't play in the rain. Do we even practice in the rain? Or do we just practice indoors? Which at the VMAC, I think they're indoors. So, and he hashtags it, cover the clink. <laughs> this is from Keith. I, I think it's, you know, it's a pretty good. Hey, listen, it's going to rain in Seattle. And, 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 uh, you know, and I know teams have issues, but, uh, but we don't play too well in the rain. So that's that first out is, is from Flocktimus. I just love the mental picture of covering the clink with, you know, like one of those blue tarps that you get at the hardware action store. Green. Yeah. Action green tarp. <laughs> action, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Action green tarp. And then, you know, when it starts to sag, you know, right around the end of the first quarter, you got a guy with like a really long broomstick to go out blitz. there you and kind of get blitz. Blitz goes out there. I mean, come on. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like the mental picture we're creating. Yes, Blitz goes out there with a really long broomstick and, you know, tries to and and pushes up the center of it to make the rain go off the edge so it doesn't keep dripping down because you don't want a situation where the rain collects, you know, all in the middle of the tarp throughout the game. So you got to you got to be mindful of that. Sure. And, you know, do you know what song they play while he does all this? They play the birth of Bud Boogie. This is this is what they do for Blitz, and he and he does, and the crowd goes wild. That would be fun. So Flocktimus, you know, all joking aside, yeah, man, we have some issues in the rain, and we do play in Seattle. So uh, you know, I think we just got to deal with it, and and you know, it's part it's part of the gig where it's in the it's in the PNW, and hey, the clink is a beautiful beautiful spot. So and it, and we all can't sit in the overhang seats, and the Seahawks certainly can't. So is what it is. But uh, but but a fun a fun uh, you know moment by by Flocktimus called out that people are like, yeah, man. We ain't so good in the rain. Scrolling through the ends, uh, Daniel Weinholz says, I got nothing here, uh, out, everything else. So definitely a little out heavy in a loss. But we'll we'll move over to Kevin Dietrich, who says, in O-line, which held up reasonably well against what seemed like a never-ending blitz. And yeah, you had Jamarco Jones in there. You had George Fant filling in once again for Dwayne Brown. And it sounded like DJ Fluker could have been healthy enough to go in this game, but they decide to stick with Jamarco Jones, see what they have for another straight game. And it felt like a, another solid game from Jamarco. I, I don't know if if Fance, if he was all that great. He felt he feels like the the weaker end of the yeah. the guy filling in. So I'm curious to see if Fluker's ready to come back this next week. I want to see Jamarco Jones at what he could do at the left tackle spot if Dwayne Brown needs to sit out one more game, put Fant back at his normal tight end role, and, and see how the offense looks there. I, that's that's one thing I'm curious about still. So I, I do think it's a worthy in from, from Kevin to start off with. I, I, I agree. And I, I'm with you too. I thought fan, you know, eh, men's amends. Jones just, you know, just he looks natural. He just looks like this dude, he knows where to be. He knows how to use his body. And, and for a dude who's never played guard, he's short playing pretty damn good guard. I like that plan of kicking him out out there too and see, and see what's what if, uh, if, you know, if, if Dwayne is not back yet. So thank you, Kevin. I think that's a worth, a worthy in, you know, a frustrating game, but, but, you know, the pass pro was okay. It wasn't like Russ was scrambling. Russ had time. They did a fine job. Just not our day, but but a good end nonetheless. Thank you, Kev. Yeah, 16 pressures overall. So it wasn't a great day, but, you know, when you're, when you're out two starters, it, it felt like an adequate day. Uh, all right, we're going to bounce over to Jeremy. Jeremy sent this. You know, we have, the, we have, we have things going on in Slack. We got the, the Slack channel for the folks that are in the, the Ring of Honor, the Seahawkers pod Ring of Honor. And by the way, if you're a Seahawks fan, if you follow the Seahawkers podcast, if you listen on field goals, 
do yourself a favor, get into the Ring of Honor. It's a great, great group of folks. And during the game, we got the Slack channel going. And of course, during the week, we got the great conversations out on the Facebook group. But Jeremy comes in with out. DK's baby binky mouthpiece. He goes, obviously, time to go to a big boy mouthpiece to play in a big boy league. So definitely some shade from Jeremy over to uh, over to DK's mouthpiece. I think he sent this just about after the time that that DK just decided he didn't want to hold on to a, a perfectly good football and just put it on the floor. And, uh, you know, I can't argue with that. So Jeremy getting on the mouthpiece and saying, DK, get that dang thing out your mouth. Christopher Rolfe, agent of Bolas on Twitter, says Lockett has to get in. Those catches are insane. And Tyler Lockett's catch for that touchdown when Russell Wilson just throws it up in the air and Tyler Lockett diving for it and, and pulling it in. You had that one. You had the long catch down the middle of the field. Tyler Lockett, it, you throw his direction, he's going to catch it. Yeah, you know, it would be nice if we throw his direction more. That would be nice. Well, how many targets? What did he get? What, what, did, he, what did he end up with, six? Uh, this, that's just guess. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good guess because I think it was seven. All right, that's a that's a you know, closest without going over. Price is right, at least. I'd be, be in contention there. I mean, hey, I understand that this is the kind of, you know, this is who we are. But again, what was Russ' attempts? How many attempts did Russ have? 41 attempts for Russ. All right, man, you got 41 attempts. Guess what? 10 of those have got to go to lock it. Yeah. That dude's got to get 25% of the share. So if he's sitting at seven, then I can't be doing all the math right now. It's late over where I am at, but that's that's less than 25%. It's not enough for a dude like Lockett. Lockett's a, a WR1 in this league. Dude needs 25% or more of those shares. Seven is not enough. All right, from Hector Mark also chilling with us on Slack. He just goes out, base zone, four, three scheme. We need more nickel. And blitzes. Now, again, I think when we blitzed, we kind of got, it wasn't so much, didn't, you know what? I'll take that back. We blitzed, we got torched. We didn't blitz, we got torched. So I don't mind the blitzes. Hector calling out the fact that we're in 4-3 a ton again. And 4-3, I think he's calling out when he's saying 4-3, specifically having the three linebackers still out there for, for chunks of time and not having the nickel in there. And he's calling out that out. We've been talking about that for a few weeks now. And, you know, we kind of stuck to that game plan. And this time did not work out. Jackson just tore us up. So, Hector, I feel you. But uh, but I just think this was Lamar's game to win. And, and the dude whipped on us. So, hey, sometimes, you, like I said, sometimes you just got to lick your wounds, get the heck out of there, and go play a bad team and get a victory. All right, one last out from Ella. And what I think they say, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. It's something like that. That's it. And brev- you yeah, that's it. it. That's, that's it. And, and 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 Ella simply says, out, second half. You know what, Ella? You nailed it. Uh, you know, Brandon, I think, I think, you know, this is one of the ones you 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 put in the tombs, you kind of bury it, you light the casket on fire, <laughs> you pour some more gasoline on it, you know, let the coaches go watch film and figure some things out. Here's the thing. This is like a, a team and a type of team that the only way we see this type of team again is in the Super Bowl when you have two weeks to prepare for it. So I think like set it, forget it, lock it away. If we see them in the Super Bowl, then then good things have happened. And just freaking put this game aside and be like, let's go to Atlanta and go beat up on a team. And by the way, is uh, is Matt Ryan playing? I, I heard he got injured. Yeah, he's is in he- a walking boot. So it sounds like it's not severe enough that... He's definitely out come this week, but I kind of feel like Matt Ryan at, you know, 65, 70% is better than Matt Schaub at a hundred. 
Could be. I thought you were going to say 65, 70 years old. I was like, I, that's where I thought maybe, you were going. Maybe, I, he would also be better than Matt Schaub, I think, at 70. <laughs> he, he may be. He may. A walk, well, I'll tell you this. A walking boot, that's not exactly good for, for a quarterback or, or an athlete, for that matter. So we'll see how that progresses. You know, they, They're a bad team right now. They are a bad team. Got to go down there, get a W, and hopefully win convincingly. All right, so that does it for this week. We put this game behind us. Thank you so much for joining us on 3 and 3 Out. Let's go over to Atlanta. Let's go beat the snot out of them and get to 6-2 and two at the halfway mark. And Brandon, I think there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.